Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I press record right in the same second that you clap. Okay. So no, it didn't pick up, but, but it was exactly yeah, Got exactly. It. Okay. And also, I didn't hear the clap because remember Discord removed oh, that shit. Oh yeah, so. but yeah, oh fuck, it I should forget. still be perfect. I'll sync it up. Yeah. Uh, Assuming that you'd be clapped at the same time. <laughs> All right. So I found an absolute just. No holds barred. We're like up there with flat earth type story today. Fantastic. I know you've been frustrated recently, Joshua. I I have been. I've I've been a little pink bike. Fucking. I've been Mr. Poopy Bunny. I've been huffy. I keep seeing the, um, the clip from that one YouTube documentary or whatever that keeps coming up in my feed of... The dude who's like, so there's this really uh, expensive and very accurate gyroscope. And, you oh, know, yeah. That one. That's for, old. Yeah, yeah. It keeps popping up in my feed, though, nice. because I ha- I love that clip. Yeah. Because it's, it's so indicative of the mindset about anything to avoid. Like, these people spent 25 fucking thousand dollars uh-huh. on a state-of-the-art NASA-designed gyroscope to try to disprove that the world was round and spinning, they they got the results that say, no, the world is round and spinning. And they, they immediately they devised, said, can we get rid of that? They, or, they devised plans to try to, to try to be like, oh, well, well, that's why, this is why that's wrong. We're going to put it into this kind of weird vacuum-sealed thing, and then we're going to try to eliminate that drift because obviously we can't accept that result. And I was like, what do yeah. you mean you can't re- accept that result? Then you're not doing science anymore. If you can't accept a result, then you're not doing science. And that's what leads to you being the type of motherfucker that thinks the earth is surrounded by an ice wall a la Game of Thrones. Uh huh. I've been waiting forever for Don to stumble upon... Uh the the secret military where uh people are like spiritual clones of uh different celebrities oh are you talking about um that guy o- Oki's weird stories yeah yeah hey josh uh-huh you know you can do that story if you want. I, just do it and say, "Hey, Don, I've got a story." <laughs> I've I've sent it to you before, just because I wanted you to see it. I have so many people sending me stuff now. Yeah, but uh, I'm your business partner, so I'm more important than them. All right. So, welcome everybody to Two Towns Over, or today three pissed people. By the way, over the past couple weeks, I'm becoming more and more um, understanding of Bo Burnham. Uh, with inside, yeah, yeah. I I did literally so just I'm look basic. into the camera and say I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. That's, that's what I'm feeling. Doing like. well. <laughs> but so welcome, everybody. Two towns over. I am Donathan. I'm um. I'm like a poor crayon drawing of a tiny rabbit. I'm Josh, also known as a little pink bike, Huffy. And I deliberately set out this week to find, actually, I I started last week, but I wasn't able to get all the details in time, so we did the depressing 731, but I wanted to do just a fun um, story um, this week, 
just to kind of get everybody in a better uh, frame of mind. Right now, it sounds like Ruben's doing the best out of all three of us, personality-wise. I would rather be dead. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I slept. I so, I have not been sleeping well, so you know. Well, everything sucks. I'm starting to get. Is- I'm starting to have issues with getting to sleep at night. I've had issues with getting to sleep tonight, literally tonight, at night, literally my whole life. I mean, yeah, that too, but I mean, it's been really bad recently. Like, I've been staying up until, like, noon and shit. Yeah, that's that's not going to sleep at night. That's going to sleep during the day. I don't think I... Did I say at night? Yeah, you said you're having trouble going to sleep, I think. I said going yeah. to sleep. I don't know if I said at night, but if I did, that's nighttime for me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I mentioned last week what the story would be, and uh, we're going to tell the story of Mel's Hole. Gross. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this. And, yeah, it's not a BDSM podcast, though. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so, on Mel Waters' property in the Manassas Ridge west of Ellensburg, Washington, there exists a peculiar hole in the ground that bears resemblance to a well although it serves a different purpose altogether. Similar to the previous owners of the property, Mel utilized this hole as a dumping ground for various items. Not only did he dispose of his own belongings, but his neighbors also contributed to the accumulation of garbage, broken appliances, and old tires within the depths of this hole. However, as time passed, Mel began to question why the hole never seemed to fill up. Furthermore, he started noticing other peculiarities associated with this enigmatic abyss. So he's dogs refused to approach it. He stared into it. I'm sorry. It began staring back into him. Uh And he was like, I wonder what's going on with this. He didn't like it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So dogs refused to approach it. His radio intercepted strange signals and it appeared to have no discernible bottom. Mel's initial curiosity soon transformed into an all-consuming obsession. I didn't, I didn't know you were using it. Dubbed as Mel's Hole, this circular pit measures approximately 9 feet 9 inches in diameter. Surrounding it is a stone retaining wall that descends roughly 15 feet. Beyond that point, the hole plunges into an abyss of darkness. Not only did Mel Waters and his wife contribute to the dumping of various items, but their neighbors also partook of this practice for an extended period. In fact, Mel's neighbors claimed that the hole had existed long before he even arrived in the area. Now, this raises the question, why is there no audible sound when objects make contact with the bottom? Why does no one's echo? Why does no one's echo fail to reverberate? Or why? I'm sorry. Why does one's own echo fail to reverberate? Uh, Ducks. Determined to ascertain. Ducks? (laughs) Yeah, everybody's a duck. Actually, the Mythbusters proved that false. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, determined to ascertain the true depths of this mysterious void, individuals embarked on a mission. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Mel, an avid fisherman, possessed spools of fishing line, which he utilized by attaching a one-pound weight to the line and lowering it into the hole. So, astonishingly, the weight descended a staggering 4,500 feet, the entire length of the fishing line, without encountering the bottom. Mel reeled the line back up, this time attaching a roll of lifesavers, hoping to determine if water existed at the bottom. Because if water was present, the lifesavers would dissolve upon retrieval. They don't dissolve that fast. However, to his surprise, the lifesavers emerged dry. Undeterred, Mel possessed additional spools of fishing line, each measuring 5,000 feet in length. He connected one spool to another, lowering it down the hole, yet still failed to reach the bottom. Spool after spool of fishing line descended into the abyss, but the bottom remained elusive. Mel reached the point where his fishing line had run out, plunging a staggering 80,000 feet down, spanning over 15 miles and still no sign of a bottom. Jesus. So this During is this is like a creepy pasta, right? No, this is a true story. Well, it's an exaggerated story. The How the fuck did you do that? Most oh. likely. <laughs> I can think about it. So Mel made, um, 
During his experiments, Mel made an extreme intriguing observation. Like I said, his dogs refused to approach the gaping hole. Even when coerced, they firmly planted their paws in the ground, resisting any attempt to draw them closer. Curiously, there was no signs uh, of any animals in the vicinity of the hole. No wildlife, insects, or even birds dared to venture near it. Intrigued by this peculiar phenomenon, Mel, Mel decided to inquire with his neighbors if their dogs also exhibited unease around the hole. To his surprise, they all confirmed that their dogs indeed felt uneasy in its presence. In the midst of these discussions, one neighbor shared an intriguing anecdote about his own dog. He revealed that not long ago, his beloved canine had passed away, prompting him to dispose of its body by tossing it into the mysterious hole. Is it also in in animal cemetery? Is it a pet cemetery? It sounds like it's the yawning portal or the one from Made in Abyss. Made in Abyss is so good and I can never recommend it to anybody. Made in Abyss is literally the the anime about if the yawning portal from D&D forgotten realms Mm -hmm. was a real place that a city got built around because it's got some of the same mechanics like once you get too far down you cannot come back up or you die yeah it changes you all that good stuff like it's a very similar concept for the mechanics on your body Mm -hmm. um and I want to watch Made in Abyss really bad. I saw somebody break it down the other day on YouTube, and I was like, fuck, that sounds like my shit. It's really good. It's got some, like, weird anime bullshit going on, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, like, Sunji Ito-type shit? It's Junji, and I don't think so, no. no. I mean, yes, actually. It has body horror like that. There is is one part that is from Junji Ito, and it's the U-shaped hole. Huh. Yeah, no, it has body horror. It's more the um, weird sex stuff that Japan likes yeah, anime to bullshit. have going on. So, yeah, there was a good. All right. there was a good mother's basement take on that. Yeah, where he was like, you know, if you're gonna say the quiet part out loud, you're gonna drive off like eighty percent of anybody who ever would watch this show. Yeah, because. Yeah, you can say, oh, yeah, well, she's actually a thousand-year-old demon empress. And for me, what that means is I can ignore this character now. Yep. Fuck off out of my brain. Uh Uh-huh. But if you're like, nah, she's actually 12, you're like, hmm, maybe, fuck off. Like, right. It's still fucking weird when they do the thousand-year-old dragon princess or whatever. Definitely. Like, But it's weird in a way that I get to be like, actually, fuck it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you can at least put it out of your brain and pretend it's not real at all. Yeah. Just every time they do a weird scene, you just like immediately crop and delete. I literally will skip them. I hate them. I hate them. It's so it takes me out of the action. And it's it's always a jarring disconnect tonally. Yeah. And like, oh, it's just bad. It's a bad story. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, that's been the anime sidetrack session of the week of the week <laughs> give it time um, <laughs> um so as josh surmised a few days after disposing of the body he spotted his deceased dog running through a wooded area near his property damn stephen king although is gonna sue this hole this... <laughs> so although the dog wore the same collar it seemed oblivious to its owner's calls behaving as if it had no recollection of their bond <laughs> It looked at him with realistic bloodshot eyes. I, I, at this point in the story, I want to grab the man, Mel, I guess his name is, and be like, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Put a baby in it. <laughs> They're gonna. <laughs> As these bizarre stories continued to accumulate and the fishing line continued its descent, Mel found himself perplexed and at a loss for explanations. Mel sought assistance in understanding the nature of this cavity, and during the year 1997, there existed only one platform where peculiar phenomenon could be discussed and taken seriously. Now, coast to coast AM with Art Bell. No, hold on. No. Because I have gone through this so far, believing surely this must be a story that happened in like the 1800s or something so nobody can prove that it wasn't real you're telling me that this happened when i was a little baby yes 1997 
It's so while people are believing actively that there's a pet cemetery yawning hole in I, yeah in what what state Washington Washington State I'd, yes I'd, so, in Ellisburg somewhere in the world at the same time I'm pissing and shitting myself and screaming mm-hmm. correct I, which is a typical Saturday night for you isn't it uh it's Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. You work on Saturdays. Yeah. Well, I work Saturdays and then we record Sunday and then I work Monday. So Tuesday's my shit and piss myself day. Okay. And then Wednesday's D&D. So. so so we have to kind of discuss Coast to Coast AM because it's kind of one of the it's like one of the holy trinity of bullshittery. You know, you got your Zach Bagans, you got your Ed and Lorraine Warrens. And you got your Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Oh, yeah, this is the year that the manga One Piece dropped in Japan, too. Oh, nice. And then it's on the the, uh, full-own level of bullshit. You have the Inquirer. Yeah. Yeah, although they're not as bad as they used to be. No, no, they don't show alien corpses on there anymore. I I really, really miss Weekly World News. (laughs) Yeah. I love the Weekly World News. Like, un- unironically, I-, I would get it just because it was so fucking fun to read. I should get, like... You know, Bat Boy and... Yeah, I should get, like, a huge stack of them when we get moved into the new place and just, like, paper a wall with weekly world news covers. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that was basically the National Enquirer uh, UFO. If the National Enquirer printed nothing but paranormal bullshittery, that was the weekly world news, but the weekly world news, they weren't serious reporters. So you would have an article about, you know, I'm pregnant with Bigfoot's baby. Uh huh. You know, you know, aliens were in my porno, things like that. Uh, you know, how to sell your soul to the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you know, the, they would be the stories that Hillary Clinton met with alien you know, dignitaries from the planet Melmac. Oh, the vampire baby. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Got bat it. Baby, a bat boy. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, coast to coast AM is an American late night radio talk show that deals with a variety of topics. Now, most frequently the topics relate to either the paranormal or conspiracy theories. It was hosted by the creator art bell from its inception in 1998 until 2003 or 1988 until 2003. And is currently hosted by George Norrie. Now, at its peak, Coast to Coast AM under Bell was syndicated by Premier Radio Network and aired on more than 500 radio stations and boasted a weekly listening audience in excess of 10 million listeners. Now, scholars, unsurprisingly, have criticized Coast to Coast AM for promoting pseudo-historic and pseudo-scientific ideas. Historian Ronald Fritzy, or Ronald Fritz, characterized the show as an especially influential example of the trend of modern media to disseminate false history and fake science. According to State University of New York professor Paul Eras, early shows hosted by Art Bell featured guests that were frequently pseudoscientists, but, quote, regardless of their reputation, all guests are presented as experts. According to Eras, Bell seems to believe much of what even his wildest guests say. Boston <laughs> College professor Michael C. Keith. So you fought a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. When I used to work at Publix and would have to go in at five in the morning, you know, I'd leave my house about four thirty, and it would the last thirty minutes of Coast to Coast AM would be airing as I was driving into work, and I'd listen to it because there was nothing else to listen to, and this was before Bluetooth and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would hear the tail end of it, and it would be people basically like that would be like where you would hear the story of the Highgate vampire taken seriously, you know. And, you know, you would have Sean, whatever his name is. I don't remember his name now. Help me out, Josh. Fuck Nugget. Sean. Sean. Sean Manchester. Sean Manchester, the the Nazi fuck who um, was the for the Highgate vampire. Oh, oh, um, not Sean. Um, no, David was David Ferrant or Ferrant was Ferrant was like fine. The one, yeah, it was the other guy, wasn't his name Sean Manchester? I'm looking. It was. Sorry, I'm looking at pictures of Mel's hole. 
I had to turn safe search on for that one. <laughs> David Ferrant. <laughs> yeah, Sean Manchester. Huh. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that, Fucking I hope we ever I hope we get to do with... the deep dive on that. That shit was wild. Too, but... Yeah, we kind of got ghosted by our uh our inside yeah, our... Oh, yeah, you weren't supposed to say the name. <laughs> I'll I can edit it out. As soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh shit." But yeah, I'll I'll fix that. Didn't didn't yeah, Sean Manchester like die? Go... I don't know. I don't remember. But you know, we may have to end up doing like a deep deep dive on it again cuz we just kind of did a cursory, you know. And we'll just have to both sides it if we have to, if we can't get our sources. But anyways, you know the this other one the, the, the radio show. Well, no, I I knew that uh, Ferrant was dead. According Sean, yeah, Ferrant's dead. According to this, Sean Manchester's still alive. Oh, what a cunt! Mm. <laughs> oh, and he's a so, bishop. Um, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's kind of a self-proclaimed bishop, I think. But yeah, so Keith noted that a characteristic of distrust and fear that is ah. a part of the text of the Coast to Coast: fear of the unknown, fear of invasion, fear of being taken over by some kind of evil force. Every time and religious studies lecture. Sorry, every time Don says what? coast to coast, I always I can only think of space ghost coast to coast. Yep, and it's just <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. So religious studies lecturer David Robertson observed that sweeping conspiratorial revisionist histories and ancient alien narratives are a frequent feature on the show. This would be where you would also go for like ancient alien bullshit. Yep, <laughs> they built the pyramids or whatever. Nolan, right. Nolan Higdon of California State University East Bay speculated that the programs like Coast to Coast AM that propagate unsubstantiated claims were potentially dangerous. According to the Atlantic senior editor, Timmy Levine, or Timothy Levine, host George Norrie, who's the newest host, uh, lets clearly delusional and pseudoscientific assertions slide by without challenge. Lavin wrote that Coast to Coast AM has perfected a charged and conspiratorial worldview that now pervades American media. And in 1998, Committee for Skeptical Inquiry awarded show host Art Bell their mocking Snuffed Candle Award, citing his work for encouraging credulity, presenting pseudoscience as genuine, and contributing to the public's lack of understanding of the methods of scientific inquiry. Damn. And CSI fellow Jack Nickel has appeared on the show occasionally as a, quote, voice of skepticism, saying his goal is to explain and demystify the bizarre topics Coast to Coast deals with, such as Bigfoot and ghosts. Now, having heard all of that, this was the source, the the, the expert <clears throat> people that Mel Waters took his story to. And on February 21st, 1997, Mel reached out to Art Bell, initiating a correspondence that would ultimately unveil Mel's hole to the public eye. Oh, dude. Oh, please, please with the Mel's hole. Like, <laughs> that's what it's called. It's called Mel's hole. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> there, there is dude, something you can you do could. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout a series of episodes, Mel Waters gradually disclosed additional information regarding the enigmatic aperture. While Mel received valuable guidance from individuals across the globe, such as employing lasers for measurement or utilizing radar to determine distance, the unfortunate consequence was that millions of people now possess knowledge about this cavity. By piecing together the clues, dude, I would by hate it if radio, millions of people possess knowledge about my cavity, bro. It would be the worst. Yeah. Unless I was a porn star. In that case, it'd be fine. Yeah. By piecing together the clues shared by Mel on the radio, one could form a fairly accurate understanding of its location. On the following day of the initial broadcast, Mel made his way back to his property only to find the entrance blocked. It appeared that the U.S. military had become aware of the situation and now desired exclusive control over it. Zero. Mel had mentioned. Zero. Zero chance that that's real. <laughs> zero chance. Oh, trust me, the whole bottomless pit and the, the dead rising from the grave is the absolute least um, unbelievable thing in this story. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it gets. Oh, it gets better. Oh, good. Mel had mentioned that the hole had the potential to impact the surrounding environment. Animals steered clear of it. 
while plants thrived remarkably well. The behavior of radios in the vicinity was peculiar as well. Whenever Mel brought a radio near the hole, the signal would become distorted, picking up broadcasts from elsewhere. Nah. Nope. One day, his radio unexpectedly started playing what he described as old-fashioned music. Intrigued, he decided to change the channel and stumbled upon a baseball game, only to realize that this game had taken place 30 years ago in 1967. Mel's initial I, conversation with Art last... I hate people. I just don't like them. <laughs> I mean, it's such a fun, fantastical story I to, love like, this make up. Yes, when it's a story, I love this shit. Like yeah. uh, the the magical tavern behind the Burger King in another dimension. Yeah, I love that shit. Uh-huh. That's really fun. Nobody's claiming that it's real. Nope. <laughs> I just hate it. I hate it. So, um, so yeah, Mel's initial conversation with Art lasted approximately an hour before they concluded their discussion. Mm-hmm. Mel had been staying in Ellis- Ellensburg for a few days and had not made the call from there. However, upon Mel Waters' return from town, he discovered that the access road to his property had been blocked by armed military personnel. There was clear evidence indicating the presence of heavy machinery that had been brought into the prim- onto the premises. Mel was informed about a plane crash that supposedly occurred on the property, but there was no official report, no signs of a crash, and no evidence of fire or smoke. Despite this, Mel was informed that he could not access the property until a thorough investigation of the crash had been con- conducted. When Mel requested to speak to the person in charge, an individual dressed in civilian attire informed him that the ownership of the land was no longer guaranteed and warned him that it would be easy to discover a drug lab on the property if he did not leave. A drug lab? Response, yeah. Why? So, yeah, they basically threatened because they threatened that if you go to the press with this, we'll find a drug lab and accuse you of... Oh, yeah. so they're just going to sprinkle some crack on it. Uh-huh. I got it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like the... Like the like Salt Bay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in response, Mel threatened to go to the media. The person in charge nonchalantly encouraged him to do so, asserting that nobody would believe his claims. However, Art Bell and his audience would be inclined to believe Mel's account as they had previously shown interest in similar phenomena. It's wild that Art Bell's um, people will believe it. I can't can't possibly fathom why. So Art contacted Mel. A few days later, Art contacted Mel to inquire about any update. Mel recounted that a neighbor had witnessed a dark beam emerging from the hole and extending into the sky, darker than anything they had ever seen before. Although Mel himself had not witnessed this occurrence, uh, Art Bell and several callers suggested that this region of Washington had a high frequency of UFO sightings, disappearances, and other inexplicable phenomena. The callers presented their own theories, speculating that the hole might be situated on a ley line, serving as a portal to another dimension. <sighs> Alternatively, mm-hmm. it could be a gateway through time. Sure. What? I'm just, I'm just, just making uh, Ruben sounds. Yep. Josh um, is correct. Explaining the disappearance of, of objects thrown into it. Another possibility proposed by the callers was that it was an alternate reality. A substantial accumulation of waste, old appliances, and deceased animals might be present. Oh, proposed that in an alternate reality, a substantial accumulation of waste, old appliances, and deceased animals might be present. Ultimately, the true nature of the whole remained unknown, with one caller even suggesting that it could be a passageway to the hollow earth. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I fucking should have figured that was coming. (laughs) Yep. So there existed numerous theories surrounding the matter. As Mel was no longer able to access his property, he engaged in conversation with fellow locals in an attempt to gather more information. A senior neighbor recounted that several years ago, there was a series of stone columns positioned around the hole. A member of the audience cautioned Mel about the potential consequences of calling into the show, emphasizing that the government was likely monitoring the conversation. Consequently, the show concluded with Mel agreeing to return for an update. However, on the scheduled day of his reappearance, Mel Mel failed to show up and was unresponsive to phone calls. They fucking got him. Yeah, (laughs) well, Art Bell, the host, reported that a television crew had journeyed to Ellensburg subsequent to the last program and investigated. Although they did not discover the hole, they did find a significant number of military boot prints in the vicinity. Oh, military boot prints, which are incredibly distinct (laughs) from normal boot prints. 
Yeah, or they're incredibly distinct from the boot prints from boots you get at the fucking army surplus store. Yeah, right. Like, uh, so I, I guess running around in my docks, I leave behind military boot prints. Technically, seems like, yeah. So additionally, they came across various pieces of information indicating the presence of prior impact of the military. Now, it would be three years before Mel resurfaced during which he disclosed that he had been offered a yearly sum of $3 million to leave his property to someone. However, the condition was that he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, leave the country immediately, and never return. Mel I would love that. And resided- Dude, how fucking yeah. sick would that be? If somebody <laughs> paid me a million dollars a year to leave America? And then I no, could return. I would just have to year. fake my death, and it would be fine. No, you only had to leave for three years. Oh, oh, oh no! I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Never, no, no, no. Never mind. I'm sorry. It was three years before he resurfaced. That yeah, was, that's what I thought. I misread that. This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast or looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com slash unlimited to check it out today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash unlimited. So... Yeah, Mel accepted the offer and resided in Australia for two years. However, he eventually grew homesick and decided to visit the United States. Despite being warned against doing so, Mel proceeded with his plan. During this period, he reestablished contact with Art Bell and agreed to appear on the radio show, but he ultimately failed to show up. Uh, Again, okay. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, Mel reemerged and recounted a peculiar incident that occurred while he was on a bus en route to visit his nephew. An altercation took place, prompting the police to intervene and question all the passengers. Subsequently, the passengers were transferred to a different bus. Then Mel experienced a blackout. Mm-hmm. The next thing he remembered was waking up in San Francisco, realizing that 12 days had elapsed. Yeah. He had awoken in a narrow. <laughs> He had awoken in a narrow passageway, his wallet and keys were nowhere to be found, and a sharp pain shooting through his arm prompting him to roll up his sleeve. He became the bacteria monster from the back rooms. Ah, yeah, that'll happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To his dismay, he discovered needle punctures and adhesive marks left by an intravenous tube. As his senses sharpened, he detected the metallic taste of blood in his mouth. Astonishingly, his molars had been removed. Nope, they hadn't. Regret. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, probably when he was like 12. I just think reading this that, you know, you wake up 12 days after not remembering anything with needle marks in your arms in an alleyway with your keys and wallet gone in San Francisco. That's heroin. I think that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not being abducted by the government. That's a bender. Right. Especially if you're quote unquote being paid $3 million, you got $6 million in your pocket. I mean, I know obviously you don't have it in your pocket, but. I do. Be cool if you did. It would okay. be cool. It's I. I would leave the house every day with like a thousand dollars just wrapped around my balls. <laughs> That's valid. Like like paper mache. That's valid. So regrettably, Mel never managed to return to his property. Legal action had been taken against him for alleged illegal construction, power line installations, septic tank placements, and the creation of paved roads. Roads. Naturally. Um, he vehemently denied any involvement in these activities. The government had actually seized control of the property for a duration of two years. Despite this, Mel suffered significant losses, and shortly after reaching out to um, Coast to Coast, his bank account was completely drained, surprisingly enough. Now, admittedly, numerous individuals have called in to claim that this entire ordeal is a fabrication. What? What? But Art Bell... <laughs> but Art Bell, whether a master of deception or not, allowed Mel to continue his narrative. Art Bell, Art professional mention- bullshitter. Hold on, I I do have. Oh yeah, I, I have something that can signify the amount of surprise that I feel. That's crickets, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Discord has Josh a built-in soundboard. Two. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you, you play the same to an audience of two as you do to an audience of 10,000. Absolutely know, fucking slaying right now. Yeah, Art Bell uh, allowed Mel to continue his narrative. Art did mention, however, that a television crew had been present in the vicinity searching for the enigmatic hole. Although they, fi- I said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, they never found this weird hole, huh? Hmm. Uh, There's like a bunch of fake pictures of it on Google Image. Again, safe search on for that one, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For (laughs) sure, for sure. So strangely enough, the no-fly zone had expanded, inexplicably expanded to encompass the area. In fact, TerraServer, a mapping platform predating Google Earth, displayed a complete blackout of the entire region. A fact that was verified. Skeptical callers proposed that Mel may have stumbled upon the obscured section of the map and falsely claimed it as his own property. He found the hole that Orpheus went down. (laughs) Yet this theory falls apart when considering... There's... You you mentioned, like, way back in the beginning when you were describing it, that it has... um, like the the stones around it that go down into right. the hole a little bit. Yeah, most yeah. of the pictures of it that are on Google Images, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, the theory that he saw the blackout and decided to say that it was his property falls apart when considering that Terra Server was launched six months after Mel's initial phone call to Coast to Coast. He could not have been aware of it. Subsequently, Mel discovered that a Native American tribe had reached out to him inviting him to Nevada to assist nope. in their investigation of another seemingly bottomless pit. Jesus it, Christ. And here okay. is where things... This is the this part... This is where our story gets... Of every one of these, where I'm like, bullshit. Because, like, even if I was believing it fully, I'd be like, bullshit from here. Because that's like if I was like, oh, I've got a pest problem of termites in my log cabin i haven't figured out how to deal with it a bunch of weird shit has happened and now my neighbor is calling me to help because they think i'm an expert in dealing with this termite problem that's not how that works i like i'm still dealing with the issue i'm not the expert that deals with it Uh uh-huh so why the fuck are they calling him to investigate wouldn't they want to call the same people that he called coast to coast yeah space goes coast to coast space goes coast to coast yes you want to know how much so this is bullshit? Like on a scale of one to super bullshit? Yes. There's not even a Snopes article about it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So the second hole was not situated on the Indian reservation well, well, where Mel and the Bosque lived. It was located on public land and was being used by the Bosque people to herd sheep. Now, the Basque are an ethnic group that originated from a small region between France and Spain and settled in various parts of the United States. Every group is an ethnic the group. Yeah. According Just to the Basque, the hole had been there. Not necessarily. The hole had been there for at least. Every. Okay. An ethnic group. Yeah. Just means brown people. No, I know. What I'm saying is if you are Italian. That's an ethnicity. That's an ethnic group. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, you said every group, and I'm like, no, there are religious groups. Every there are group Facebook of, groups. Every group there of one <laughs> specific color I, I of know. people. That's an ethnic group. I'm you know what I mean? When they come from the same stinker. place. I just, I just love so, it when people who were clearly, this was written before oh, that yeah. happened. Uh-huh. Like. So, um, according to the Bosque, it had been there for the hole had been there for at least 200 years, and they considered it and the surrounding land to be sacred. Now, unlike Mel's hole, which had a stone retaining wall, the second hole had a metal, metal collar and lining that extended as far as the eye could see. The hole was warm to the touch and emitted heat all around it. You when Mel literally can't touch a hole. You can't touch a hole. The hole I have before. Well, I mean, you the, can fill, no, wrong hole. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel heat coming out of a hole. You can definitely feel heat coming from a hole. Yeah, but you can't. And it said touch it the hole. No, you can touch the part around it. The, the boundaries. Yeah. It said that the the retaining wall, the metal retaining. Some people wall, like that. The, you know. I people, yeah. The hole was warm to the touch. Some okay. people really do like a warm hole to the touch. <laughs> Did, did they try putting so preparation Mel, H in it? 
<laughs> Did they try KY? So when Mel <laughs> So when Mel accidentally dropped a tool on the metal collar, there was no sound or vibration. Mel and the boss conducted experiments on the hole. And this is okay, so everything that has raised your incredulity and disbelief so far mm-hmm. is nothing compared to what is about to happen. I just every time you say this shit is, like Mel dropped a tool on the hole. Like <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. It's the whole the hole had vibrations. We're children. <laughs> yeah. So Mel and the boss conducted experiments on the hole including lowering a bucket of ice down about a thousand feet. Oh, I would not like that. The ice. Uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the ice I don't like it. not melt. Whatever floats their boat. And instead turned into yeah, and instead turned into large pieces of salt that caught fire when exposed to an open flame. The, the fucking the ice the hole does alchemy now. Yes, but that's still not the most bizarre thing. Fucking um, descend into the hole, you cowards! Descend into the <laughs> hole, you cowards! I'm with that attitude. Um, <laughs> get a fucking one of the down, radiation bitch. suits. Get yourself a harness. Yes. Go in. To the hole. Get, well, get inside that hole. Get in that hole. Yeah. We're children. They also discovered that about they also discovered that about one third of the time the ice would transform instead of melting normally. That's not can, over and over again. I can understand why they wouldn't um, want to go into the hole without protection. That's fair. You, <laughs> you should gotta, always you gotta, use protection when, before when, you go when in. going into an unfamiliar hole. Yeah, absolutely. And they say that the ice continued to burn for months. Mm, yeah. You're going to have to everything see a doctor about that. Said, yeah. <laughs> everything that you just said, there was a Bosque person who volunteered to go into the hole. What a champion. What, what a fucking hero. But they would not let him. Instead, Cowards. they decided to Racist. send a sheep down the hole instead of a person. A, a sheep? sheep? Listen up, sheeple. You're going down this hole. <laughs> so the sheep, obviously, was reluctant to enter the hole and attempted to kick its way out of the crate as it got closer. Eventually, the crew lowered the crate down to a depth of about a thousand feet, and the sheep stopped moving. After leaving it down there for a half an hour, they brought it back up, only to find that it had died. Despite its appearance, the Basque, um, yeah, um, it, although it appeared normal, it was just dead. The Basque shepherds were able to perform a quick autopsy. Being shepherds, they are yeah. They being shepherds, they know how they know how autopsies work. Yeah. Um, and they discovered a massive tumor inside the sheep's body. That seems like a coincidence to me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They also said that the in, all the rest of the internal organs were burnt except this tumor, and the tumor was moving. No, no then that's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. That's the, not. That's not a tumor. That's Rick. So the tumor, uh, Morty. Morty, I'm a tumor. What they. <laughs> The tumor contained what they described as a fetal baby seal attached to an umbilical cord with human-like eyes. Don. Human-like eyes? Don. Don. Human-like. Don. Yes. Don. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Hey, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) I told you this was a crazy fucking story. Yes, a baby seal inside a tumor attached by the umbilical cord to a sheep, and the baby seal had human-like eyes. So Human eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby seal, which was 2D, came out with 3D eyes, uh-huh. realistic, bloodshot, and they and it said, soon, and then it faded into nothing. Yep. Yeah, it turned to black dust. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It said, so I don't want to go, and then it died. Uh-huh. <laughs> So the crew observed the creature for a while before placing it near the edge of the hole where it appeared to want to return. Hi, friends. Now, Mel noted that the if if there's a weird, creepy human eyed seal that came out of a tumor out of a sheep. (laughs) Throw that bitch in the hole. Don't observe nothing. (laughs) Put it back. No, actually, take a picture because I don't believe you. Yeah, I wasn't going to believe him anyway. Yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah. So Mel noted that the creature, as he picked it up, was slimy and emitted an ozone-like odor. In ozone-like odor? Ozone does have, like, yes. a... I know, but yeah. I, that's a, like, really specific one to go with. It is. Right. It is. And that's probably why he went with it. He was like, what? So Do people group- really even know what ozone is like? Yeah. It's the 90s. <laughs> So the group of the men. Oh, that's right. The they still had ozone for... in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we got rid of that a long yeah. time ago. That's why they knew what it smelled uh, like, is because <laughs> they were constantly burning it. <laughs> so the group of men observed the seal creature for approximately two hours, during which time it appeared to be observing them as well. Eventually, the creature gave them a final glance before diving into the hole. This is like that later. This is like that yeah. one episode of Doctor Who. Uh, which is based on that one, I think it's a Japanese folktale, where the the creature, it's like it, but the creature is like there, it looks like you, it's imitating you, and you get locked into this loop of it's like repeating everything you say, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden you're repeating everything that it says. Yep. It, that's what the seal is. It's trying to, to steal your spot. Yep. So before Mel went to Nevada... He had been diagnosed with advanced esophageal cancer and only given six months to live. Can you guess what happened? Did he live anyway? After this transformative experience, he was cancer-free and felt as if he had been transcended. The mm. when Mel, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when Mel returned to coast to coast, he learned of a strange occurrence involving a bucket of burning ice. One of the Basque had taken the ice to his cabin. I should say that he told a story that he had heard after this. One of the Basque had taken the ice that they had put down that was burning to his cabin to keep warm, like you do in the desert. Apparently. But it burned for months. Well, at night it gets very cold in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, apparently, there is a way, like, okay, uh, assuming that the ice is made out of not water only, Uh you can apparently get certain things to burn off out of ice yeah. without it melting first mm-hmm. but i don't think it's giving off a whole lot of heat i don't know it probably would and i mean fire is fire fire is fire but it's like fire the part that we see is light and heat uh-huh. and radiation right but if it's not melting the ice it's got to be a pretty low amount yeah so like or it's magical ice, you know? Yeah, well, it, everything is magic in this story so far, so. <sighs> I hate. But yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so the ice burned for months and caused the air in the cabin to become dry. Uh, eventually, so you, the stove so would you, crashed through the... Would you say that it's um, Go ahead. a drying ice? A dry ice. <laughs> well, according to the story, even when, when like, he would... God Fucking, I'm going to come through the fucking phone and rip the fucking soundboard out of your hand. So, according to the story, even if he boiled water, the steam that was coming off the water would be absorbed by the fire. That's supposedly. not, I don't think that's how fire works. It's not? Yeah. Eventually, <sighs> the stove crashed through the floor and created a hole that the ice seemed to be creating. <gasps> Another hole. Despite efforts, yes, despite efforts to retrieve the stove, it took a giant crane to finally remove it from the hole. The Bosque claimed that they were sometimes visited by the seal entity and that they that they had discovered in the hole. The individuals perceived the presence as benevolent and regarded the entire encounter as highly spiritual. A flock of vividly colored birds now encircled the area seemingly impervious to gunfire because that's what you do the first time you see a pretty bird shoot it because uh the human race has extincted so many species oh, yeah. of birds specifically oh yeah well cats helped a lot <laughs> cats also that. yeah but keep your fucking cats inside. we did it way more efficiently yeah. <laughs> so curiously the bosque people even believe that the magic seal communicated with them through radio signals utilizing a unique language of beeps and clicks that they comprehended. Oh, so it's R2-D2. Yeah. Yes. 
So the creature cautioned the Bosque about the perilous nature of the ice, emphasizing the catastrophic consequences if it were to fall into the wrong hands. God, I wish I could do a Michael Winslow bit right here and just do some (laughs) R2-D2 noises. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Man. I can't. So Art Bell inquired... Art Choir and and Art Bell inquired about the existence of a recording of this language to which the boss confirmed its existence. They had meticulously documented everything, according to Mel. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the following hour, several additional theories were deliberated upon. Eventually, Mel was persuaded to return to the show, promising to bring along recorded, recorded audio, photographs, videos, and any other evidence he could gather from his expedition to Nevada. The conversation concluded, and Mel vanished without a trace. He ceased responding to Art's attempts to contact him, and eventually his phone line was disconnected. Thus, after five years, the tale of Mel, Mel's hole finally reached its conclusion, I, leaving behind numerous unanswered questions. Okay. I have been picturing Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah? With a <laughs> vagina this entire time. I want you guys to understand that. Heard. I've been, because I have I don't respect Mel Gibson, you well, see. Well, yeah. And Why would you? I don't respect this Mel person, uh-huh. so that's the same yep. in my head. So imagine if Mel Gibson was in The Last of the Mohicans, but they were researching a hole. Uh-huh. That's what's happening in my brain right now. Also, Mel okay. Gibson has a vagina because it's Mel's hole. You see? Good. <laughs> so among the many memorable moments in yep. Art Bell's career, Mel's hole stands out prominently. Consequently, the extent to which we can verify the story remains uncertain. My goal is to get at least initially one of our viewers to have a nightmare about that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> initially, the hole's location was obscured by TerraServer, but it reappeared on Google Earth. So if the military had truly taken control of the property, they would have concealed the hole on Google Earth. Now, people have been searching for it for an extended period of time. Among the numerous discovered locations, one stood out as particularly intriguing. Someone actually ventured to the site to investigate its contents. Now, During a phone conversation with Coast to Coast, Mel had mentioned that there were two dilapidated structures on the property, one of which eventually collapsed due to heavy snowfall. I have a question. In a collapsed house, yes. <laughs> this is only barely related. What is Space Ghost's name? I think it's just Space Ghost. Is it just Space think, Ghost? Yeah, he doesn't he... have like a civilian name? No. It's Mel now. It's Mel now. <laughs> so yeah, so a collapsed house was discovered on the premises. Furthermore, there is a hole on the land approximately nine feet wide encompassed by a stone retaining wall. These details, as described, caused quite a bit of commotion online. However, it was later determined that the hole was indeed just an old well with a definite bottom. I was going to be like, yeah, you conduct an in- fucking do- no shit. It's uh, a- <laughs> I have received confirmation. Uh, Space Ghost does have a real name. Oh. Oh. Tad Ghostal. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, nice. if you conduct an internet search, you will come across numerous individuals claim to have, claiming to have found Mel's residence. However, this is not the case. His home has never been located. Almost. Not yet. Almost because I feel like it ain't real. None of it. None of it's real. So, as for Mel himself, he is a complex individual. Mm-hmm. There is no official record of a person named Mel or Melvin Waters residing in the vicinity. Some speculate that he may have been using an alias to safeguard his identity, which does seem plausible. But one aspect that significantly undermines the story's credibility is the absence of photographs. Art Bell consistently requested pictures during each conversation, but sometimes Mel simply neglected to capture any or conveniently forgot, which is quite absurd. On another occasion, Mel claimed that cameras malfunctioned near the hole due to interference. Alternatively, he may... He may possess pictures and recordings, but they are not readily accessible, and he promises to send them at a later time. But one thing that Mel should be given credit for uh, for is that he never attempted to monetize his story. Even if it were a hoax, he could have easily capitalized on it by selling merchandise such as t-shirts, books, or fake photographs. 
people would have been willing to purchase these items simply because they found the concept intriguing. Nevertheless, critics argue that Mel's story became increasingly outlandish over time, suggesting that he eventually abandoned the hoax because he couldn't sustain it any longer. However, it is worth noting that Mel remained consistent with the facts for a period of five years, and despite numerous attempts by Art Bell to con- expose any inconsistencies, he was unable to do so. It's he, so, so from a geolog- what I'm hearing is, <clears throat> in today's parlance, we would call this Mel a clout chaser. Yeah, basically. He's just literally yeah. chasing points, internet points, but before the internet was big. Right. Yeah. Um, from a geological standpoint, the existence of a deep, such a deep holes, deep hole seems implausible. A hole of that magnitude would be inherently unsustainable or unstable and would collapse upon itself unless it led to an endless abyss in another dimension. Uh, however, it is unlikely that we'll never truly know the truth behind Mel's hole. Yes, we will. While there are many <laughs> believers in Mel's story, it is doubtful that Art Bell was one of them. Art was an entertainer, and this type of story was precisely what his listeners craved. Yeah, Mel was a clout chaser. Art Bell was an influencer. There's a difference. Influencers get paid. Clout chasers get paid in karma. Yeah. It has become a legendary tale that people still discuss even after 30 years. In essence, Mel's Hole serves as a prime example of how to present an urban legend effectively. It is important to allow the story to develop naturally while also questioning its specifics. Exploring the mystery while maintaining a grounded perspective is crucial. One must be critical yet compassionate with ex- when examining such tales. The, and that takes us out of the story. The oh, part yeah. where the map app thing went like blacked out for his area or whatever. So serendipitous for him. Oh man, come on. Like imagine if I was like, there's a world, there's another dimension in my backyard. And the next day or two months later or whatever, Google images suddenly couldn't display my house for some reason, some technical reason. It's a bug. Yeah. They'll fix it. But like it happened, it just so happened to happen while I'm bullshitting about my cool new magic thing. Like, that's a level of of uh, godly help that no one ever gets ever to tell a lie like right but yeah it's it like it said at the end it this is a great way of to show how an urban legend begins propagates yeah, yeah it's the perfect dich- not dichotomy what's the word i'm looking for the perfect litmus test of how to start an urban legend yeah it's like a you it's start, like a you just you got a template it's like a template. Right. You start, I've got a bottomless hole in my backyard. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre enough. You just let that go for a while, and then suddenly your neighbor tells you that his dog got brought back to life. Uh-huh. And then, you know, and then a black beam shoots out of it. You know, you just slowly, slowly add it. You try to do it all at once. It just, it would collapse upon itself. Nobody would even believe you. I mean, I know you two never believed it, but you know what I'm saying. No, I get you. I get you. People who, unlike me, people who actually, like, I like the idea in the back of my mind. I'm like, if magic happens fucking in front of me, I have no other explanation to, like, describe how that person just teleported. You know what I'm saying? Like, from there to a few feet away, even. Like, I don't, if, if something that, I know violates every law that I am aware of universe, like universal laws, not, you know, human ones. Um, that's, I'm like fully, I will accept that because I don't have a choice at that point. So like, that's a possibility. I'm not going to discount that that could happen, but I am going to say that it hasn't happened for so long in all of history, even. And before that, that I, can't believe it when people says shit like this to me yeah because either you can prove that it's magic or it's a different thing entirely and it's always 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 a different thing entirely such as a well on some property by this guy who wanted to tell a cool story yeah. maybe maybe ten thousand years ago somebody did pull off magic maybe some maybe they neanderthal did. maybe jesus really did raise the dead actually I wasn't there. 
You know what I mean? Like, if it did happen, maybe that happened. I don't think it did. Can't prove it. But you can't prove that it didn't. So. I could almost <clears throat> see the the angsty atheist, like, trying to get out of Josh when you said that, Ruben. Whatever, dude. Like, just... it, it's. <laughs> but, well, my point is just that. I, li- I just gave some random guy on Facebook shit for being an angsty atheist earlier. Yeah. I don't like, like, don't believe in your thing, but don't be a jackass about it unless it's for a podcast. But, um, no, (laughs) (laughs) but that's what, that's kind of my point though, is like, I have no way to verify, first of all, whether or not the man that we call Jesus was a real person and not just an amalgamation of like four or five different people. Right. It's probably that one. But maybe, maybe. He did bring people back to from the dead. Or maybe he was the guy who invented the fucking Heimlich. You know, like, you never know. Like, because, like, imagine somebody passes out, chokes and fucking dies in front of you. Right. And then and a guy it, comes and punches them in the stomach and they cough up the thing that they died uh-huh. about. And you're like, that's God. He raised <laughs> the dead. That man was dead. And now he's up walking around. That's, that guy raised the dead. That's a That's a God. We worship yep. him now. Like... You you could literally, with basic medical knowledge, you could go back to the year negative 500 and be revered as a god. Yes. Yes. Bro, I could become a surgeon in the 1800s and be a better surgeon than anyone back then. Yeah. Just from what I know from living in Just the modern you world. you know in the body where the heart is located. Right. Like, and that the uterus doesn't fucking float around. Like, yeah, it's, right. It, <laughs> Like it's yeah yeah and it's maybe sticking leeches on people isn't going to help the who leeches oh Leech treatment right sticking leeches on people exactly shit like that like I know how infection generally works you want to keep this place clean instead of putting them in well, a damp dark whatever but in in reality if you went back in time oh I would try, be and dead you tried to tell them that like if I went back in time and tried to tell them that I I would be burned at the stake for being a witch mm-hmm. you would be burned at the stake for being black. And also so, a witch. And also a witch. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you would get burned on two stakes. Two stakes. Two. Two whole stakes just for me. <laughs> but yeah, like, but that's kind of the point, though. Like, I, uh, fucking imagine if we went back to 10,000 BC. Yeah. Back when everybody was brown. Uh-huh. Like, same shit, though. Like, they, uh, maybe, maybe I become a shaman of a village, but uh-huh. the whole world, like, if I go to a city, the king is going to be like, either you're crazy or you're a ma- uh, or you're either a madman or a liar, yeah, or a demon or whatever they believe back then, uh-huh. and so you have to either prove yourself or get killed. But uh-huh. that's that's just that's conceptual now. But like that's the point though is like I we have just from living in the modern world so much more knowledge than people even just fucking that were alive just before my birth. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it's. Wild. Fucking Scrubs had a bit about it where, like, I think somebody was about to have to have a part of their leg amputated or something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, the procedure's actually really easy now. You wouldn't believe how much worse it would have been just a few years ago. And he does a flashback and it goes back to, like, slightly less modern science. And then he says the same thing in the flashback. You wouldn't believe how bad this would have been just a few years ago. And it goes all the way back to where they, like, rev up a old-timey chainsaw. Yeah. Which is real, by the way. Yeah. Chainsaws were invented for surgery. Chainsaws were invented for birth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, imagine you go back to that time. And are able to convince people you're a doctor, which as far as we know on this podcast is fucking easy. You just yeah. say, I'm a doctor the and they believe you. You could do it like 10 years ago. Fucking apparently you could do it less than that. This is the guy that <laughs> the kid that got caught for being a gynecologist yeah, d- d- twice. Dr. Love or whatever. Twice he, he did this. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> fucking baller move, kid. But like, <laughs> absolutely fuck off. Go to medical school. <laughs> like... All right, everybody. And on that that um, that PSA from Ruben, we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, People are allowed to standard. believe what they want. I just don't. That's my point. Well, you don't believe what you want. That's the same thing. Yeah. 
But yeah, so the standard closing supply, uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash GTO pod. Follow us uh, on Discord. We have a Discord server. Um, we're definitely trying to make that into a community with our people that listen. Here, hold it's on. Let me a little bit more. Let me let me do this. Let me do this as a as a YouTuber. Hold on. Let me get in character. <clears throat> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. And if you want to catch us on our Discord server, it's great. We're building a great little community over there. We've got a Patreon where you can get you can get uh, extra content every single month. It's <laughs> Josh did the air horn for this. I love him. Um, fucking smash that subscribe button all all of that on our patreon for as little as two dollars a month fucking come give us give us money or just you know rate us come join our discord say hey to people i occasionally pop up twice a year um yeah (laughs) you can listen follow our podcast you can hear me talk about how one piece is the greatest modern fiction to date um anyway I guess bye. All right, guys. Yeah. Um, fuck cancer. Fuck, fuck cancer. Be good, be good to, to yourselves. yourselves. Shouts out, plant babies, fuck moms, the all them, all them, fuck all the them stuff. Bye. 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 Very, very, very soon, we're gonna have our own plant babies. Bye. Nice. Bye. bye.